Hello, my name is Dina Schottenkirk and this is Talk Popsy. Thank you very much for coming in here at the Center for Fiction. And your name is? Hendrix Neblet. Hi, Hendrix. Very nice of you to come. All right, so I'll tell you a little bit about the project, right? And so we can explain it. So this is a real topic-driven project, right? So sort of a combination of art and philosophy. So it kind of depends on what I'm working on at the particular time, right? So this is our third topic, and it's artist cognition. So the question that we're sort of asking people, right, is do you think art is cognition, or what do you think it is, or do you think it's just pleasure? Or, and if it's cognition, in what way is it about thinking? And you can use any kind of art you want, any sort of relevant art that you think makes sense to you. So, are we talking about the purpose of art? Well, there's a lot of different ways to do it, right? Yeah. So, you can do it from the point of view of the viewer, right? So, what is the purpose for the viewer? What does the viewer get out of it? You could also do it from the point of view of the artist. A few people have done that, right? So, in what, what are people doing when they make art? Like, what are they trying to accomplish? But the viewer is a good one, right? Um, when you say, like, cognition, can you give me a definition? Yeah, for like really good, really good question. It's always good to start there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so, yeah, uh, I just said to the last one, right, I think sort of the old-fashioned, traditional way of thinking of it is that cognition is sort of like logic, right, and that's very separate from emotions, but I don't think many people really think that anymore. You know, we now think of cognition as the whole sort of full brain function, so like, you know, an important part of the brain is the amygdala, you know, which is a real emotion-centered brain or the limbic part of the brain, right? So, so cognition is how we process the world, right? So, I think, yes, then, art, especially for the artist, is cognition, because without, like, I feel like art would come from cognition a lot, a lot, because, um, Art comes from the person itself, and so different people would make art different ways. So, mm -hmm. like, maybe, like, Jackson Pollock definitely approached art differently than Pablo Picasso. So, I'd say that's because that comes from the stimulus in their life. Like, what happened to them, events in their life, that, um, I'd say, like, events in their life that influence their art style really. Okay, so I'm having trouble figuring out what grade you would be in at 14. Oh, um, I am in 10th grade. In 10th grade, okay. Well, so, like going into 10th grade on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, do you guys have art classes in in school? Uh, it is not required, but you need to take one over the full. Okay, all right, all right. So you've had some experience with yes. this then, right? Okay, all right. So just take those two people that you're talking about, right? Uh, Jackson Pollock and Picasso, yeah. right? So the kind of thing that they make, I think this is what you're saying. Just tell me if this is right. The kind of thing that each of them made was very much the effect of all of the causes that were their life. Yes. So all the events that happen in their life function as causes, right, that then have yeah. this kind of output in their art, right? Yes. So, so the distinctness of each of those two things was because of the sort of train of events before. Right? Is that yeah. kind of how you're thinking? Yes. Okay. So, <clears throat> so in, but that could be just kind of like emotion, I mean, people could just say, right, that's just sort of the emotional reaction. That's not a function of cognition in that traditional way of thinking at all. While that's true, um, emotion, I do think, would come from, like, cognition, because how you feel about things comes from how you think about things. Ah. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. So, 
with like tribalism where it's like a simple example is like if you're a dog person or a cat person if someone says oh I just got a cat and you're a cat person then you'd be happy about that but maybe if you didn't like cats so much you'd be like oh I don't like that so depending on what you think about something your emotions on that thing change right right so judgment the judgment that you have about something you know, somebody else said exactly what you're saying. His name was William James, a wonderful 19th century philosopher, right? So there's emotions that you have that come, as he says, before the fair, and then you have a judgment about the situation, and then there's emotions that ensue afterwards, right? So you, you, you always sort of bring prejudices, essentially, yeah. right, to every situation, right? And then you make a judgment about that, I like cats, right? Yeah. Based on... The prejudice of maybe I like smaller animals and bigger animals, whatever, right? But then you have this judgment, I like cats, but then when a cat confronts you, you have this positive emotional reaction yes. afterwards, right? Yes. Exactly right. So yeah. in more complicated situations, like for example, if someone was like able to express themselves in art, then the way if they're trying to capture the world, they might do completely different things depending on how they've seen the world, how mm -hmm. they've lived, all of that. Like, even two siblings can have completely different views on the world depending on how they've been treated. Yeah, and processed it. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's a really good point. I think you're right. So so the, the picture that you're now giving me, right, and tell me if this is correct, right, is that Art functions, and we're just doing it from the perspective of the artist here, right? That art functions as cognition for the artist because the artist takes all of the events that have happened to him or her, right? And has this kind of mix of judgments, emotional reactions that are probably unable to be separated completely, right? The judgment, the emotional reaction are probably a unit in some way, right? And then that whole compilation of things then makes that person articulate themselves in a particular way, right? Is that about what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. I, I now, think can you do it from the point of view, though, of the viewer? I'd say the viewer... I mean, artist cognition, they... I feel like it would... It might sort of stem from, like, maybe this art is one of the stimulus that you get from, at, like, one of the stimulus you might pick up as you go along in your life like maybe this art piece is something that really affects you and that's one of the things that you like like one of the first like real like paintings that really connected with me is is abstract art because i felt like i've had really complex emotions that can't quite be like shown in no in like sort of representative quote, unquote, terms conventional yeah, art yeah. So like what, 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 whose art? Uh, you said Pollock. Yeah, I'm yeah. assuming. Yeah, that's Pollock's right. art on these giant canvases and like yeah. he just takes the paint all around and just, and just like, it's, it's much less chaotic, the art, the process than you'd think. It's like, he's like, it's a lot of, like, when I think about his art or like, when I think about how he's making his art, including like, I've seen pictures of it. It feels a lot like rhythmic dance, where he's just dragging the paint can. Have you seen it in person? I haven't seen it in oh person. Oh my gosh, you have to. There's so many examples in New York. Interesting. Moment. Yeah, yeah. But, like, he's, like, dragging the paint can around, and it's, like... And it's really... 
beautiful because it's like all all of it comes together to make this beautiful piece. Yeah. And when and when you look at it, I know it's just a photograph, so it's very different right, than looking at it in person. But when you just look at the photograph, what happens to you? What do you think? What do you feel? What goes on in you? I mean, when I see a Pollock piece, that's what you're asking. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I see a Pollock piece, there are a lot of emotions. Like first, it's like, oh, I like Pollock. This is already an interesting piece. And the second is like. Is like wow, it's very like, it's very chaotic. And then there's like this paint splatter that that I like to, I what I, sometimes what I like to do is I like to follow some of the splatters. So it's like, oh, I like how this one like goes all around the paper while this one's like a little shorter and like stuff like that. And I feel, I feel sometimes noticed because. I, I have a very chaotic mind where there's like a lot of thoughts competing for like space so I notice that it's like a bunch of like lines weaving together you said I feel noticed yes yeah but that's very different than I noticed something yes so when you look at a Pollock then you feel noticed yeah that's super interesting yeah that's super interesting huh you know, I can't wait to hear, and I do want to hear after you do it, when you go see one in person, because it's an overwhelming physical experience because they're so big. I think you'd like it a lot. I mean, I feel like in person, the real scale of it is another thing that surprises me. Like when I see it online, it's like the size of things a lot of the time isn't really shown. Right, right, right. Yeah. It's a very different physical experience. I mean, it's a very, almost like cosmic experience seeing a Pollock in person because it's so big. It, it's a very bodily embodied experience. Well, this has been really interesting. Thank you very much for doing it. I really, I really appreciate it. Do you have anything that you want to add all the way at the end? I mean, I've always felt like, um, I mean, like it's an interesting thought, but I always felt like if someone, if two different people went through life, well, I mean, I'm saying two quote-unquote different people yeah. went through life and had, which is probably impossible, but had the exact same events happen to them, mm -hmm. I feel like they would grow up to become the same person as in, like, interests, likes, dislikes, all of that, which um, is interesting. These people have said, like, oh, people are unique, and I think that people are unique from the from the experiences and I feel like people intrinsically I might say aren't unique I mean like it's weird it's sort of a weird way to say it but I feel like if the same events happen to you I know what you're then, saying I'm gonna give it back yeah. to you and you tell me if this is it right yeah. when people say everybody's unique in some ways it sounds wrong because it sounds like each person was unique from the very beginning yes right Locke talks about John Locke, the philosopher, talks about how we're all blank slates, and you kind of seem to be saying that, right? Yeah. And then we just add stuff onto that blank slate, yes. right? And it's the stuff that we add onto the blank slate that then becomes us, that then makes us unique. Yeah. Right, yeah. Good point. Good yeah. point. Well, wonderful. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I hope you had a good time. Yeah. I, I really did. It was a very enlightening experience. Thank you. <laughs>